0: Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. This is a very special episode. It is the 100th episode of the Core Women Podcast. I am so thrilled about this podcast and all the women that have been featured on this platform who have had the courage to share their wisdom, insight, stories of resiliency and success, as well as their passions. I am so thrilled that this podcast has truly served as a home for the hearts and souls of women. I want to thank Every woman that has supported the growth and development of this podcast. There is also another very special person that has helped me develop every episode of this show and is part of the Core Women family, and that is Brett McGrath. He graciously offers his time to support Core Women and has helped me edit each and every one of these podcast episodes. In celebration of the 100th episode, I have a very special guest. She is a graduate of NYU, one of the original faces and voices of MTV, one of the very first hosts of the nation's first music television network, host of I Heart 80s at 103.7 in the San Francisco Bay Area, voted MTV's Best Ever VJ by Rolling Stone magazine readers, and where Allure magazine refers to the 80s decade as the Martha Quinn years. Yes, folks, my very special guest for the 100th Core Women episode is, in fact, Martha Quinn. Welcome, Martha. It is an absolute pleasure to have you as the Core Women podcast featured guest for my 100th episode. I have so many questions for you, so let's jump right into this. Woohoo! Congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you so much for being my 100th episode guest. It is such an honor to chat with you today, Martha. I'm going to take you back just a little bit when you were a young woman in New York City going to NYU and you got the big break. Give a snapshot of how being selected as one of music television's first VJs would be the beginning of a very unique journey for you.
1: Well, it was really kind of a non-event right now, actually, because at that time, nobody knew what MTV was or what it would become. It was at that time just another audition that I was going on. I, I got myself through NYU by doing all kinds of commercials, like for, you know, Campbell's Soup and Chicken Nuggets. You know, I was a McDonald's girl and all kinds of things like that. And so I had been an intern at a local radio station because I, I majored in radio broadcasting. And somebody said, hey, what's this guy Bob Pittman doing? Now, Bob, I knew because he had been the program director previously of that radio station. And he had been a very young program director. So he was legendary as being a young hotshot. So the halls kind of reverberated with the name Bob Pittman. So I knew that name, but I didn't know what he was doing. And somebody said, oh, he's doing this MTV thing. And somebody said to me, Oh, Martha, you should audition. I was literally standing there in just shorts and a t-shirt. You know, I was just, I wasn't planning on going on an audition that day. And somebody said, Oh, it's their last day. You should get down there right now. So I did. And I went down to this weird little sort of warehouse um, set in a very funky neighborhood in Manhattan. And I kind of, when I saw the set, And I saw what they had me talking about, which was I was talking about concerts that I had seen. And I was all just like, I'm not even sure what this is. Like I walked in, I said, hey, I'm here to audition for, I don't know, some kind of music thing. I'm not even sure. And so um, I kind of started to see what it was all about when I was sitting there at the audition. And I left thinking, hmm, that is really cool. Um, Two days later when they offered me the job, I thought, okay, this is pretty cool but i still was working at a desk clerk at my uh, at my dormitory my college dormitory and i didn't quit that job right away because i was like well you know i've seen i've seen a lot of things come and go we'll see what happens so um it was just kind of magical in its you know at that point it was a very small endeavor we had no idea that it would soon become the MTV that we all know
0: it as right well actually, you know, MTV has changed dramatically and if we go back to the time when you started with this magic program, it looks different. There were videos, there were you were there with and this is my next question. You were there with Mark Goodman, JJ Jackson, Alan Hunter and Nina Blackwood and it was different. It it felt different. It was like being part of a family. And so That leads me to my next question. So you get into MTV and you meet these other four individuals. What was the connection that you created between each of them individually that just kind of binded you together?
1: Well, thank you for shouting out Alan Hunter, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and JJ Jackson. Along with me, we are the original five MTV VJs. And we are still family today. JJ passed away, um, I guess it was in 2004, maybe. Maybe it was later than that. I'm not even sure. But he passed away. And let me think, my son was about two and a half. So, yeah, it was probably 2004. And that left a hole that we still feel today. And, but the five of us VJs are very close. And we always were a family, even then, even though we w- would have some scrapes and JJ was always upset with me <laughs> and Mina because we didn't have our dressing room as clean as he would have liked because the five of us shared one tiny little dressing room. That kind of thing, it's almost like any kind of experience when you go to college together or maybe even going on a, I'm not sure, like a Gilligan's Island, you know, the three hour cruise and they were together because we were the only people doing what we did and lucky for us, we all did really get along. We really, really did love each right. other.
0: You were all so different. You had different, such significant and different personalities. That's why I asked the question, because you were all doing something that was cutting edge. It was new, like you said, and you made a really valid point. It was something new, so you didn't really know what to think of it. It wasn't like that big, ah, I got this big break. It was more like you were feeling your way through it. and. As you were filling your way through it and, and creating this new journey, what can you say was that special moment, that moment that just sticks in your brain and says, yes, that's when I knew I was family with Mark Goodman, I, that was J.J. Jackson was part of my family, that Alan Hunter was and Nina Blackwood as well.
1: Well, I can I can say for sure with J.J. Jackson, because very early on, and I really did not know much about any of the BJs when I started I later came to learn that JJ was already a rock and roll legend. Led Zeppelin had already at that point thanked him for helping to launch them here in the United States. JJ worked at a legendary radio station in Boston called WBCN. I mean, he was emceeing shows with Jimi Hendrix. So he, uh, he was driving around the members of Led Zeppelin in his, old beat up station wagon, giving them tours of Boston when they first came here to the United States. JJ was playing them on WBCN. This was back when radio was free form and um, DJs were very, very influential. And Led Zeppelin always credits JJ as helping them very much in the early days. And So I didn't quite know that he was such a rock and roll legend. He had gotten into a tussle early on with the execs at MTV. And he was saying that he did not want to stay there. And looking back on it, I can see why. Because he was thinking, you know what? You know, he he just was feeling like maybe that he wasn't being um, respected as he felt. And I think, too, that he should have been. But um, I went to his hotel room. I didn't know him from Adam. I just was walking home from work. And I passed where I knew his hotel was, and I rang him up from downstairs, and I said, hey, um, and literally, we only knew each other for a couple of weeks. And I said, "Um, uh, it's your new coworker, Martha Quinn. I was 22 at that time.
0: Wow, young. And what gave you the confidence and the courage to go to his hotel room and say, hey, you know, I want to talk with you. And I did read this in the book, the VJ, The Unplugged Adventures of MTV's First Wave, but I want you to tell the story.
1: Probably because my prefrontal cortex wasn't developed yet. So I didn't have, the, uh, (laughs) I didn't have that cautionary thing going on in my brain. But uh, so I just rang him up and, and I went up and I said, I think that you might regret it if you leave this. I think this is going to be something kind of cool. You know, maybe you should stick it out. And, and he said, you know, he said, I don't know if that's going to change my opinion, but I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Nobody else was. And he I definitely, since then, he always says, that's the moment I became his little sister. And it was like that, you know, right up into the end. At some point, I, after I had my first child, I had a job on CBS news that JJ was very proud of me for having, but I had to quit it because it was too hard on my family and my baby. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I made it through my, my contract, but at the end of the year, I did, I went to my bosses and I said, I. I can't do anymore. I can't continue. And I called JJ. And I said, I said, uh, I want to tell you something. Um, I had to jettison CBS news and I was curious as to what he was going to say. I was kind of nervous because I thought that he would say, Oh my God, how could you throw away that opportunity? And he said, MCQ, I'm so proud of you. You know, you put your family first. So he was always on my side, even, even when, I thought maybe he'd have a different take, but he always he always cared about me as a person first.
0: And that's wonderful. And that's when you know you have somebody very special in your life. So I love that story. And I'm glad you, you told it. So thank you. What was one of the biggest challenges for you when you were on MTV?
1: I'm that person that always wants to do a good job and to not let people down. And for example, there's a famous interview that I did with the police where they started kind of roughhousing with each other and just wound up getting up and running away. And I was sitting there (laughs) and at the time I was horrified. I wanted to die inside. I wanted to crumble into a million pieces because I felt like I'd let my company down here. I was supposedly getting an interview with the police, the big police and I didn't get it and I wasn't able to corral them and, and get the interview, get any questions answered at all. And I was absolutely crushed. I mean, I, I was sick for, for actually many, many years that affected me Really now, now. Yes. And now when I look back at it, I go, Oh my God, they were just having fun. I could have had fun, but I felt so
0: responsible. Um, I, I was, it, that was very, very hard for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And and thanks for sharing that story because I could imagine that you felt like there was a lot weighing on you to get the story yeah, to kind of did. corral these guys and really how were you going to corral? <laughs> all yeah,
1: I know, all but I felt like yeah. yeah, I mean there was a whole bunch of executives standing there like nobody came to my aid, but that wasn't really their job and it, it was very hard and I I just felt I I was easily crumbleable. I'm right. still kind of easily crumbleable, but um, maybe more
0: so because I was so very young and and yes. you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, through time, you've done, you've had so many special moments. You've experienced so much. First VJ on MTV. But can you tell me your top three most important or impacting moments for you during your MTV career? My three most impactful moments in my MTV career.
1: Let me think about this. Well, number one was interviewing Paul McCartney because I grew up, you know, when I came to MTV, I was already, you know, had graduated college. So like many of the artists on MTV, I didn't grow up with 80s music because the 80s hadn't happened yet. So I was a major Beatles fan. So meeting Paul McCartney was a massive moment for me. Another massive moment for me on MTV was, trying to think if there's stuff other than artist-related. Well, interviewing Bob Dylan, definitely, just because, you know, he's Bob Dylan, and that was massive. Right. um, But non-artist-related. Right. Well, I'll say that there was a period of time in the 80s when I was not on MTV. My initial contract had finished, and they were in the process of, of revamping MTV and getting rid of the original MTV VJs. I was one. And so they set me on my way and I moved to California. And then they brought me back like a year later, which felt really nice. It's like your old boyfriend saying he wants you back. And <laughs> um, I really learned in that period of time to t- two things. Number one, that the sun that rises will set. And never take it for granted. I I think after a while, because it was my first job out of college, I kind of took it for granted, and I was Martha Quinn, and that was go- we were going to be married forever. But then when I saw that we weren't going to be married forever, when I did go back that that second go round, um, which is why I, I have an association. I have one foot in with the original MTV VJs, and then one foot in with the Adam Curry, Downtown, Julie Brown, Ken Ober generation. Um, but I, I learned take every moment, treat it very, very specially because I then knew it won't last forever. So just appreciate the heck out of it.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that completely, that statement. Now I'm going to go back to the book, VJ, The Unplugged Adventures of MTV's First Wave. And I go back to that because it goes along with what you just said, you know, really taking those, not taking those moments for granted and really cherishing those moments. Somebody mentions in the book that I think it was Mark Goodman and J.J. Jackson kept, you know, notes or narratives of copies of their shows or of what they said. And you never did that.
1: No, I never did. I thought that I would never, ever leave. I thought it was the biggest joke. I would see them doing it. And I'd be like, I don't need to do that. Uh, but then the second time around, when I went back, I got copies.
0: That's right. So you kept those copies. And that was awesome. And I love this book. I I actually stayed up until four in the morning finishing this book. So it was awesome. And by the time I was finished, I was like, Oh, my family. so So I felt like you were part of my family growing up. So You've done so much during the years since your MTV career, such as getting married, having children, continuing your career in acting and radio, and now the voice of iHeart80s at 103.7 in the San Francisco Bay Area. When you look back on your life thus far, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: Well, to be honest with you, one thing that pops into my head, I just saw Justin Bieber say the other day that he wished something to be effective. He wished that his wife whatever her name is. What's Justin Bieber's wife's name? I have no idea. Okay. Whatever her name is that he wished that she was his one and only for his life. Right. And I kind of wish that about my husband, to be honest with you. Um, Because I don't know, I just look back on it and I go, ah, I (laughs) I kind of wish that I'd just been with my husband longer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I and I did read about the story of you meeting Jordan and, and how that evolved. And I love that story in the book as well. So thanks for sharing that. Now, this is the part of my interview that I'm going through some lightning questions for you. So you ready? Yep. Okay. Favorite song?
1: Uh, oh, God. Favorite song. Favorite song. I have so many. I have just so <laughs> many. Uh, Funky Town Lip Sync. Okay. Biggest celebrity crush before you were married? Hmm. David Lee Roth.
0: <laughs> I, I have a feeling you might say that. <laughs> Favorite movie?
1: Coal Miner's Daughter.
0: Oh my God. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie. I've so been to, to her home three times. Loretta Lynz? Yeah. No kidding.
1: Her ranch. Her ranch. Uh, no way. Yeah,
0: I have. I have. I oh. love her. Oh my yes. gosh! Absolutely, I every time I go to Nashville, I'm like, "Honey, let's." I go, I tell my husband, "I'm like, let's take a drive out to the ranch." Oh it's wow! So out there, How yeah, because cool. it's open to visitors. It's like a camping I know site. I that it is really beautiful out there. Yeah, so um, favorite person to interview.
1: Mm. I like to interview people who are fun and who will play. So. <laughs> Who is a great person to interview that I always have fun with? Uh, David Coverdale from Whitesnake, always fun. Um, who else is always fun? Oh gosh, there are so many. Usually the Rockers, Brett Michaels, always fun. Yeah. Richard Marks, always fun. Um,
0: I just like people who are fun and you can play with. White Snake is one of the bands I've never gotten to see in concert. I will have to catch them one day. So So, let's see. Do you still have the teacup that Paul McCartney drank from? What do you think? (laughs) Absolutely. Is it it, it still yet to be washed? It's
1: still yet to be washed. If the world needs me to clone Paul McCartney, I can. Except, unfortunately, it would be, it'll have my DNA because I drank from the cup. So it'll be our child.
0: When I read that, I was laughing so hard, and I thought to myself, is she going to do it? Is she not going to do it? She did (laughs) it! Would you consider yourself an introvert, extrovert, or ambivert? Introvert. Introvert. Okay. Gotcha. And why? Why do I consider myself an introvert? I'm painfully shy. Painfully shy. Well, I wouldn't gather that. I wouldn't gather that, but... I think you, there's a lot of introverts
1: who are painfully shy who are in the public eye. Right. Um, and I I don't exactly know anymore why that is. At some point, I read some article somewhere talking about that. I I met another person who... Just another... A mom who I knew from my daughter doing gymnastics. And she is the most chatty um gregarious woman that I've met in a long time. And we were talking, talking. And at some point I said, to tell you the truth, I'm actually painfully shy. I'm very shy. And she looked at me and she goes, I'm very shy. And so I, I fe- I found somebody else in my club like that, you know, very outgoing, but also very, very shy. Right.
0: And, and I, I align with that because I'm, I'm kind of like, and Ambervert in between. there are times that I can be very shy and then times that I can just kind of put on the it's time to go. you got to do this. So and that's why I feel like you've done a lot is if you are in fact shy, you've done a great job of compensating for that.
1: I, I'm good in safe situations. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you know being around the VJs, the original MTV VJs, I'm very comfortable. And so you would not think that I was shy because I'm so comfortable with them. Around my family, around Christy and Karina on I Heard 80s so at 103.7, I'm so comfortable with them. Um, but there are other times when I'm out to dinner with people maybe that I don't know or that I'm nervous around and I'm very, very shy. And people will actually say, gosh, you know, you're so quiet. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I get nervous. So I'm kind of like, remember that frog that Warner, I think it was Warner Brothers, that cartoon frog, hello, my baby, hello, my, yes. baby. that's me. When I get nervous, I'm just like, ribbit, ribbit. Sometimes I'm very comfortable, and I'm like, hello, my baby.
0: <laughs> oh, that that presents a very vivid image. So on that note, I'm going to ask you my last question. Your journey is so special and unique. You were in the homes of so many people. You had a positive impact on so many of us that grew up watching you. If you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Well, first of all, I just want to address that and say
1: that I feel so grateful to everyone who has followed me since the MTV days, whether it be on my Facebook page or on Twitter or in my old job at Sirius XM. And now my current job, I heard 80s at 103.7, which I especially love because I get to chat with people. You know, people call me up all day long and we can talk 80s and we can dialogue, you know, how are you doing since the 80s? Here's how I'm doing. Oh my gosh, nice. you have kids now. Oh my gosh, you lost a parent or you went through this hard time or that hard time oh well i had postpartum depression i had a premature baby here's how here's how i you know managed it and so that we can all um touch base and connect and i feel so blessed because what you're saying that i was in people's living rooms for years right i feel that every day and like if i'm walking down the street and obviously happened more when mtv was on but people would come up to me and it would never be like, uh, excuse me, Miss Quinn. It would be like, hey, Martha, you know, because people don't feel very comfortable with me. And I appreciate that so many people have stuck with me all of these years. And I'm so grateful that I get to still play Duran Duran and Depeche Mode and Erasure and chat. Not only the music that takes us back to that era. And for some reason, 80s music is feel good music. I, I I put stock in that. I believe in it wholeheartedly because I've seen it over and over and over. And when I play 80s music, I'm not playing around. I'm not doing it because um, it's uh, fun, quote unquote. I do it because I know for a fact it makes people feel better. Yeah, so it does. It does. And It really does. I mm-hmm. take that so seriously. And I take that job. I take that responsibility seriously because it's my little way, my little slice of of the world that I can, you know, make the world a better place. Um, Mm -hmm. So there is that. And the wisdom, I guess that I would say is what I said to you earlier, which is the sun that rises will set. So enjoy the heck out of whatever is going on for you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Martha. Thank
1: you. You're so sweet. And you're such an awesome supporter. And I see you, I see you, you know, retweeting me and, joining me like on my January effort and you were right there and being such a great cheerleader and anybody that has you on their team is lucky. Um, I'm very, very particular with my time. But when you asked me to do your podcast, I was like, absolutely, because you have been so supportive of me, Dr. Watson, and I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I just love everything you do, Martha Quinn, aka MCQ. I love that you connect with your community, that we were able to connect through what you were doing in relation to that support group online on Twitter. I love that you do a Sunday hug. That is so fun. We get, you get to talk 80s, 80s music, but you also, you know, it brings in those, those folks that want to hang out with you again who want you to be in their living room, who want to exchange things and talk about their daily lives. And I love that you're, you're open to that and you, you embrace those folks. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for joining me on the Core Women Podcast. So folks, follow Martha Quinn on Facebook and Twitter. Listen to Martha Quinn on iHeart80s at 103.7 and check out her book, VJ, The Unplugged Adventures of MTV's First Wave.
1: You are so sweet. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your 100th podcast. Congratulations. That is awesome.
0: Thank you, Martha. I so appreciate you. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story, providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women And please stay tuned for continued growth of the CORE Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.